Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is all right, no, that's all. This is the Fight Fan with your host, Pete Hoffman. Go follow me on all social media. You can see me or hear me with Tiki and Tierney, Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. You can hear me on the Rico Bronya podcast. That is the Evan Roberts New York Mets podcast that I help out with uh, twice a week. We do that. And we drop that on Odyssey and all your uh, podcast platforms, I guess you could say. Uh, and you could again, like I said, you could follow me on at the Hoff WFAN on Twitter. And again, yeah, it's Hoff. I'm here with you. We're doing this, uh, the Fight Fan, which last week was the first time I ever pre recorded, because all these are recorded, whatever, but I recorded it before the weigh-ins. I never do that. I am never, I'm always, I want to see the weigh-ins because we're going to talk about the fights. And if something gets canceled, because especially when during a pandemic, things were getting canceled last minute all the time. So I don't like doing that. And then there's those occasions where people miss weight. So I, I never, I don't recall a time that I did a podcast prior to weigh-ins to preview a fight card. But I did last week. Because I was going to the Yankee game on Friday to take my kids to the Derek Jeter uh, ceremony, being a good dad that I am. And I chose to pre record before one of the most craziest 24 hours in the history of the UFC, 48 hours if you include the card as well, as what UFC 279 turned out to be was never what it was scheduled to be, which, by the way, is something that I think may have lent itself to uh, conspiracy theories because UFC 279, Kamaev versus Nate Diaz. You had Holland versus, uh, now Blanken. Who was Holland supposed to fight? I mean, they were supposed, everyone was supposed to fight everybody else in the world. Um, Holland was supposed to fight Li Jingliang. And Tony Ferguson was supposed to fight Daniel Rodriguez. That makes sense because now I'm even forgetting who it was, but then it ended up being Kamaya versus Holland, Diaz versus Ferguson, and Rodriguez versus um, Li Jingliang. It turned into a crazy night, uh, chaos all around. But the reality is, and some people, if you haven't said this, if you haven't talked about this, that's shame on you. Because the results that night of Holland and Jamaev, you can realistically see that Nate Diaz 
probably never had a chance. He's on a different level. If they were to fight at 178 and 170, it would have the fight would have been Diaz would have lost so quick, and that would not have been that wouldn't have put him in a good way um, with fans. And who knows? You know, really, he was he want to? Did he need to walk away with a win? I don't know. But for his UFC to career to end in something that was a complete debacle on his end, so seeing someone that that was not going to to stand and throw and strike and and have a somewhat of an entertaining fight and just try to go for the win within seconds. I, I don't know if Cosmo was going to do that. I don't know if Cosmo was going to sit there and try to trade punches with Nate Diaz. I don't think he wanted to. I think he wanted to just beat him down, which is what he did with Kevin Holland. So the conspiracy theorist in me says that that was a bit of a sneaky setup. That Nate Diaz's camp knew that he wasn't uh, cutting very well, by the way. So that was something that was on the radar. But maybe the UFC was very much okay with this and was like, you know what? Let's let the trickle-down effect happen or let's build this car that we'll never actually see. And because the fights afterwards were just as good. Now, Li Jingliang and, and Daniel Rodriguez, I think, could have been the fight of the night. I, I was looking forward to that. And when that fight got created, I say to myself, that is something that could headline a card in future because Rodriguez is this underdog, uh, not underdog, but is this under-the-radar type of fighter. And Li Jingliang is just, he's becoming uh, a household name after his uh, knockout at, at um, the UFC at UBS on Long Island. And he just really has had some, some good tests. Unfortunately for the two of them, it was a fun fight, but it wasn't as good as it could have been. I think if both of them had studied each other a little bit more, did some more homework, it would have turned out a different fight. You know, and that's that that is the adjustment process of these fighters that go in there and study their one opponent. And that's why it's so critical to know your opponent early on and do a fight camp on your opponent and kind of study up and, and understand the flow of the fight. Well, Rodriguez and Li Jingliang. There was not the flow wasn't as good as I'd like it to be, but I, th I think it would have uh, been fireworks otherwise. But overall, it was a good fight anyway. Um, and then, listen, to be I crushed the one um, uh, the one fight on the main card was Chessane versus Ald um, uh, Aldana. Screw up her name. I don't have it in front of me right now, but yeah, Ch Macy Chessane and uh, Irene Aldana. I crushed that fight. I said that that was like I can't even believe it's on the card. I think that was there was it wasn't going to be very interesting. Turned out to be the best fight of the night. I think had that that crazy knockout with the kick to the liver on the ground. Talk about something unexpected. That's UFC in a nutshell. That is UFC in a nutshell. UFC in a nutshell. Yes, Arena Donna. Uh, UFC in a nutshell. That anything can happen anytime. And I talked to like a bunch of friends of mine that were sitting there watching the fight. Going, what? Explain to me what just happened. How did? Why did she go down like she got shot in the in the, in the stomach? Because the liver shot, if you go through any of these fights, if you look at previous fights uh, or previous liver shots, it, it looks like it, it's I've, what I've been heard, what I've been told, is that is the most excruciating pain uh, you can go through in, in, the, in a fight. If there's a direct hit to the liver, 
your body just shuts down. You can't do anything about it. You just shut down and you 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 collapse. And that is exactly what happened. And it was incredible because it wasn't a punch. It was a kick. And it just hit perfectly. Now, whether or not she meant to hit the liver, she might have. I didn't listen to the post-fight recap, but she nailed it. And Irene Aldana with the big win over Mason Chessie, which was a good fight up until that point anyway. So I, 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 I screwed that one up. Um, fight prior to that, Johnny Walker over Iwan Kudalaba. Listen, I, I say that Iwan brings it to, to Walker, but Walker looked better for a change. And and hopefully this is a change for the better. Hopefully that Walker is, is more mature and really is starting to streak to go back because I think he really could challenge a guy like I always thought he could challenge a guy like John Jones never could because he just started to suck after a while. Anyway, Nate Diaz goes out on top, and now who's open? It's an open market for Nate Diaz. Who knows? PFL, bare-knuckle fighting, Bellator. Maybe there's somebody else that wants to come up. Maybe there's a boxing uh, you know, promotion that wants to try to scoop him up. Who knows? We'll see. But uh, Nate Diaz goes out on top and, and again, has nice words to say about Dana at the very end. Like, loves Dana. So you're talking about a guy who didn't want to fight Chemaev, had no interest to in fight Chemaev, and all of a sudden, at the end of this, who's dogging it and saying, I have F this, I didn't want to offer to fight anybody, whatever. So, yeah, I'll, I'll fight I'll fight Tony, no, no problem, because I didn't want to fight Chemaev anyway. And all of a sudden, he goes down on top, and he's praising Dana. means to me that maybe, maybe there was never really intention of having that, but it was a good... It's like when Poirier and Diaz goes out, went out there and had like a little face off, and then it never happened. It's like, or I, he never even showed up. So it, sometimes on paper it looks better. Maybe it's better it didn't happen, and maybe the UFC pushed. Maybe they didn't plan it out to be that way initially, but maybe they helped push that narrative not to go there. Don't even bother cutting weight. You're not gonna do it. It's all good. We got a better fight lined up for you anyway, especially with the Kevin Holland beef. And that's the other thing too. Just before, like, I sit there, I record this podcast, I go home. I think there was a baseball game that we had that day. We go, I, I go and check out the um, the the Twitter, the Twitter page, social media. I go check out Twitter, and there's chaos at the presser. They have to cancel the, the presser. It's like, what is going on? The card was just crazy. And thankfully, they end up having it. But yes, uh, UFC 279 was interesting, and never again will I record a podcast prior to the weigh-in because, like today, things happen. Uh, off the bat, it's a uh, UFC Vegas fight between Corey Sanhagen and San- Song Yadong. Uh, number four bantamweight Corey Sanhagen faces Song Yadong. Number ten bantamweight, and off the bat, already cancellation. One person weighs in two pounds over, and Aspen Ladd is now off another card. Now, I don't remember how many times she's missed weight, but this is not her first rodeo. This is not the first time she's missed weight. It's happened many times. She's had a very difficult and interesting career. Now, first of all, she was number seven coming in here, facing Sarah McMahon. Uh, 13-6, Sarah McMahon is. Aspen Ladd, 9-3. You want to see Aspen Ladd back, come back. You want to see her, you know, uh, revenge you know, some of her losses, not not saying to, to McCann, but just in general, she's had an up-and-down career. She's 27 years old. It feels like she started out. When, she, when did she first hit the circuit? 2015? Yes, yeah, so she started out young. Right? Was she the – now I'm blanking because there's, there's Aspen who started young. There's also um, Barber who started young too. 
And they were, I, I think Barber was the one who was trying to say, like, oh, I'm going to break records. I'm going to win a championship before John Jones. That's whatever. That being said, regardless, she's had ups and downs in her career. She's had, um, let's see. You go through her last few fights, it hasn't been good. She starts, she came out of Invicta in 2017. Okay. She swept Invicta. She she destroyed. She was five and zero in Invicta. And listen, she beat Amanda Cooper, who was a um, on the tough show. She beat Sajar Eubanks, who was also on Ultimate Fighter. Then she came to the UFC. She beat Lena Landsberg. She beat Tanya Everger, who, listen, we've seen Tanya Everger get destroyed by Cyborg, but you got to remember she was one of the goats in Invicta for quite some time. So, so that was a difficult challenge, and uh, t- uh, Aspen led uh, TKO of Tanya Everger. She beat Sajar Eubanks again, now that's something in the UFC, by decision, and then there was that the scuffle. This is the, 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 this is the, the halt in her career with the quick 16-second TKO by Jermaine Durandamy. And she did come back and beat Yana Kunitskaya. But then she lost two in a row to Norma Dumont and now Raquel Payton. So she needed to find a way to bounce back because now she's 3-4 and four in the UFC. She ain't looking good. I think there's been multiple times that she's missed uh, weight cuts. I just don't remember the last one. So she's been having trouble. And all of a sudden... There we go. Ladd was scheduled to face Leslie Smith on April 21st, 2018. At the weigh-ins, Ladd weighed in 137.8 pounds over the bantamweight non-top fight. Ladd offered Leslie additional 5,000 on top of the 20 purse deduction. However, the fight was removed from the card after Smith refused to fight at catchweight. Now, listen, Leslie Smith is someone who I believe was on the tail end of her contract with the UFC. It's not how she wanted to go out. So I believe that's why she said no to that. Um, Ladder was scheduled to face only home. Okay, no, that wasn't what I'm looking for. I think there was another fight, though, where she... Okay. Okay. Ladder, and that's right. In 2000, the, the, the Jermaine Durandamy fight, she had a real tough time cutting weight. That was the big thing. She went on the scale, she looked terrible, and she got knocked out in 16 seconds, which clearly... Makes you feel like there's an issue there with cutting weight. Um, let's see. Was there another one? I think those are the two. No. Chassane. Again, she missed weight with Chassane. So that's three. Three times she missed. Three times she missed weight. And then they the this it, this was really scheduled for August thirteenth, and Lad tested positive for COVID, so they pushed it to the seventeenth, which is today or tomorrow, and she missed weight again. So that's I mean, listen, that's not a good sign for for Aspen Lad if she wants to stay in the UFC or any any promotion, not for nothing. You know, it's we talk about this all the time. Um, and that's a lot of fighters got pissed off about a lot of people got fist, p- pissed off with the um, with Chemaev last week being eight pounds over and basically still getting a, a you know not a title fight but getting a pay per view event and being on the card and 
They reworked the schedule around to make sure that he was on it and give him like proper due. Some people really get upset by that, you know, because there's tons of fighters that work their ass off, make sure they're professional. I'm not saying that Aspinall is not professional, but the fact that you can't, this has now happened multiple times. It's not one incident. It's happened three, four times. You know, because again, you say the one that she did, the Jermaine Durandamy one, where she did make weight, but she looked like crap. I mean, that that's an issue. That is an issue. Maybe she needs a better uh, trainer in that aspect. Maybe a new nutritionist, something else. But the, but the approach is failing. Aspen Lad and whoever she she has hired to do that part of her uh, her her training and cutting is failing her. Whether it's just her not being diligent enough and not, not sticking to the plan, or and maybe it's other people. I don't know. Maybe she's had rotation of different nu- nu- nutri- um, nutritionists and people that that take her through the cut, and this is the plan of action. Maybe she's gone those different routes, and they're all just failing because maybe she's failing herself. But someone's got to step in and say, girl, listen, you want to stay in the UFC? You want to continue fighting? This is the route you have to take because, A, call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It looks makes you look bad. B, fighters... You know, I'm not sure if McMahon said, I don't want to fight her because um, they, I'm not sure what her contract is like. I'm not sure if she's almost out of the UFC, but she she might just say, I don't need to deal with this. I go, I only fight professionals. And that's, again, if you don't, people don't want to fight you because of, of not because of your talent, because of the way that you handle your business, you're never going to get fights in the UFC. That's not good for you. Uh, and then on top of that, too, like, you could say, "Oh, I'll pay extra money. I'll pay this. I'll pay that." It just—it's just a bad look overall. So I listen. Aspen Lad, I hope she gets it together because I thought she was uh, an up and comer. Bantamweight division definitely needs help too. And to be honest with you, the featherweight division could use some help. So maybe she wants to go up there, make it easier cut. All right, let's get to the card. Um, we'll go, we'll just highlight a couple fights that we always do because I like to watch the fights, and I hopefully you do too. It is a uh, 7 p.m. card tomorrow, I believe. So 
yeah, 7 p.m. tomorrow, Las Vegas. All right, let's go to the prelims. Anybody that sticks out on the prelims, a couple good names. But good fights last week, too. We saw Chris uh, Barnett uh, have a ridiculous knockout after. <laughs> you talk about a guy who's just so much fun to watch. Uh, Jay Collier is a good fighter, too. He's a good first round looked like Collier is winning, and then Barnett just comes out, and then his finish and uh, and his flip, his front flip was just uh, incredible. Anyway, all right. So let's go through this. Uh, Nikolaus Moda versus Cameron Van Camp. Tony Gravely versus Javad Barsharat. Uh, let's see. Gravely, who is 23-7, is fighting Barshart, who is 12-0 from London. All right, that's a bantamweight fight. That looks interesting. Anytime you got a zero next to your name, you got to look to see what what, what the real deal is. Uh, Mariah Agapova versus Jillian Robertson. Agapova is someone, I, I think that she's, didn't she lose her last fight? She did to Marna Moraz. But she she beat Sabina uh, Mazzo. She's got something about her. She's got a... She's 25 years old. She's only... She looks shorter than Jillian Robertson. Am I right? Yeah, well, no. She's not as tall as I thought she was. The height is pretty similar. It's only an inch in height, but the reach is about five and a half for Maria. For Maria. Dude, this is a fighter... When she's on her game, when she looks like she's on a different level. That's the best way to explain Maria Agapova. When she's in the cage and everything is on, she looks like she's on a different level. I don't remember what happened in the uh, the Mraz fight. She got submitted, but I don't remember what happened, how she got submitted. I think the, the, obviously the ground game is maybe a little bit weak on her end, but stand-up-wise... Agapova is on a different level. Even though she did submit Sabina Mazo, so I guess she does have some skills on the ground as well. But she definitely, the Demon Slayer, I like that. Um, all right. So that's Jillian Robertson. Listen, and she Jillian Robertson is a vet of the UFC. So it that is a challenge for Agapova, who's also coming off a loss, remember? Uh, Trey Ogden versus Daniel Zellhuber. Uh, Zellhuber's 12 0 as well. Interesting. Uh, he's coming out of Mexico. Mexico, uh, and was on Dana White's Contender Series, so you definitely know him from that. Denise Gomez versus Loma Luke Boomy. Luke Boomy. Listen, Luke Boomy had some uh, interesting hype when she first came in. She's 5-1. Something about her is just not translating as well as when she first came up. She did beat uh, Sam Hughes, but lost to Lupita Godinez, and Lupita looked really good versus her. Uh, Luke Boomy, again, I, I there was hype around her and just hasn't really, uh, the promise hasn't been there yet, so we'll see. Trevin Giles, my boy. So Tre- I, lo- I love Trevin Giles. He has not had the best run in the UFC. He's 30 years old. He's a, he's a He works as a police officer, or is it uh, some sort of... Mili- not military background, but he, I believe he's a, a cop on the side. Is he a police officer in Houston, Texas? He was at San Antonio. But either way, I love his background. I love his story. He puts on good fights. He steps up. He he got knocked out by Michael Morales last time. It's weird because in, in the UFC, he's put on some good fights. He's had some good moments, but he doesn't win enough. He's 14-4, but he's lost, I think, three out of four, or he's, let's see. Let's go to 
2017. He beat Baknovic, beat Bragnanetto, then lost to Cummings and Mershart, both by submission. One was pretty nasty, too. I think there was the Mershart one was nasty. Beat Kraus, but I think that was Kraus filled in the last minute. Pretty sure, and put on a good fight, but came in the last minute. Beat Bevan Lewis, which I think Lewis was hyped on that one, too. So that was a surprising one. Lost to, uh, sorry, beat Dolidze. Lost to Duplessis and got crushed in that fight. I remember that. He got knocked out pretty bad. And then he got knocked out by Michael Morales. So he's been on this up and down swing. Um, hoping to see Trevin really put it together. He's going up against Luis Koske or Kosk, something like that. I don't know. Um, Seven one fighting out of California, but that'll be. I, I love Trevor Jones. He's someone that I like to watch. Sometimes it's up and down with him, but I, I hopefully he does well. This is a good fight. Then this is actually a really good fight. Damon Jackson versus Pat Sabatini. They're both ground specialists, if I'm correct. Damon Jackson is just one of these gritty, gutty guys who, you know, he beat Dan Ar- Argetta. By decision last time, I think it was a really hard-fought fight for him. I think he was losing early on, but he came back and won. Uh, submitted Kirk before that. Yeah, he's he's he beat Charles Rosa. That was it too. Like Rosa is one of these guys who's really good, has a good ground game, and Damon Jackson beat him to the punch, which was uh, which was interesting. So Jackson versus Pat Sabatini. Sabatini's another guy who did he win by knockout last time? No, he beat by decision. Did he have a knockout in his career? No, he just had the submission. In the UFC, at least, he just had the submission. Um, but that should be fu- that should be a fun fight. We'll see if they cancel each other out, though, because I think they're they're mostly ground fighters, uh, wrestler, and jujitsu. Uh, if is is Jackson jujitsu specialist? Let's see. Let's see what Damon Jackson is. Is he more? I know he works the ground more, but is he more of a jujitsu guy? Let's see. I thought it was more jujitsu, or is he just a wrestler? Yeah, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. That's what I thought. But that is going to be a good fight. You watch Sabatini and Jackson; uh, they could c- cancel each other out, which is usually what happens with a lot of the guys that are that are great on the ground. They cancel each other out, unless you know, unless they uh, both just just try to keep going for for legs, and they try to find a way to get each other on the get each other's back. I mean, that is this could be. A three round decision where they just stand the whole time and strike, or they're just constantly trying to. It, sometimes these these fights on the ground where they're just constantly countering um, submissions, they're just as energe- energetic and as entertaining. So I would love to get that. I just don't see that. Usually, typically, it just ends up being a uh, a wash and they stand and bang. You have in the main card. Main card starts at 7 o'clock. Uh, let's see. Anthony Hernandez. Anthony Fluffy Hernandez? Is that Fluffy? Yep. Anthony Fluffy Hernandez versus Mark andre Barut. Barut? Uh, where's Barut from? Is he from Canada? I feel like he's from Canada. He is from Canada. Yeah. I think Barut had like a sick finish last time. Who did he fight last? He Yeah. He submitted Jordan Wright. Last fight. But he did lose to Chitty Njukani. I always screw up these names. Njuk Kawana. Njuk. I know the name. I'm screwing it up. 
Joquani. But I'm not saying it right. He's fighting tonight. But Fluffy's a good fighter. Puts on a good show. Should be fun, those two. Scrappy. Um, got knocked out by Hernandez in the first round, but has has had a really good run overall, I think. That should be fun. I'm always looking for fun fights. That looks like a good matchup between those two. May not, you guys might not know him, but should be a fun fight. Tanner Bozer, heavyweights versus uh, Rodrigo Nasa. Oh, God, this is a long name. Nascimento Ferrara. I love Tanner, Tanner Bozer. He's really known for his leg kicks. I know that's always ridiculous. Like, who's known for their leg kicks? What does leg kick really mean? He does damage with the leg kicks. He's uh, he's beat a lot of opponents that way just by just working them really super hard. And by, you know, you look at those, those some fights, like when RDA fought um, Robbie Lawler, you know, he never really did anything to, to be able to, you know, he never really inflicted damage to Robbie Lawler who was going to knock him out. However, he did enough damage to prevent him from being knocked out, and that's important, especially in the heavyweight division. So Tanner Bozer, look forward to that fight. That's actually really fun. Uh, Joe Pfeiffer, Pfeiffer versus Alan Adovsky. Not really sure about those two. Where are they from? Where are they from? Tell me where they're from. This doesn't even say where they're from. Why don't they tell me? That's that's BS. You got Andre Touchy-Feely versus Bill Algeo. So, um, Algeo, Algeo, whatever his name is. <laughs> Bill, I'll call him Bill. Was supposed to fight Billy Q back in July. Billy Q got hurt, wasn't going to be able to be on the card. And rather than rescheduling it, they put Andre Philly in. But he, I believe somebody else jumped in. And then Philly came in after that. So it's just completely, it's just all over the place to have that fight. But it should be fun. Andre Touchy Philly is always a good fighter. And uh, or always puts on a show, puts a good effort in. So he'll be up against Bill Algeo. Then you have Chitty Juquani. There you go. I said it somewhat right. Versus Gregory Rodriguez. They call him Robocop. Am I right? Is that Robocop? Yeah, Robocop. That is. He, Dude, he beat the crap out of Julian Marquez. Uh, he lost to Armin Petrosian, but I don't remember how close it was. I felt like it was it was a I feel like that was a dirty fight. I feel like Petrosian stole it. Rodriguez, I think, won it, and the, the judging was just terrible, if I'm correct. Knocked out Park John Young. Um beat Dusko Todorovic. Like, like Robocop is legit. He's going up against Chitty, who a little bit older. What's what's the reach on that? What's the what's the? They're both six two. Chitty's got the reach. He's got the five inch reach, which is a big deal. But you say that, um, but it hasn't been a problem for Robocop. Now on the other hand, Chitty did knock out to Todorovich last fight, and he did also knock out Mark Andre Brut. So Robocop has got his test up against him. Got a test up against him, but Robocop's the real deal. That that is a great co-main event, and then you got the main event: Corey Sanhagen versus Sean y- Yudong. Two up and coming. Listen, Corey Sanhagen is thirty years old, but he's still got a bright future with him in the bantamweight division. Once he was the, I believe he got to the, uh, got to what 
what I believe was the number one challenger. I bet he, I think he was top, I know he's been top five. Was he number one or number two challenger? I don't recall, but he got up there, and then that's when he lost to uh, to Sterling, which basically put him down a notch, and he hasn't been able to go for that belt yet. But he, uh, yeah, and he lost to San, he lost to Puryon, he lost to Dillashaw. So he's had a little bit, lost to Mariah. Wow. No, he beat Mariah, excuse me. He beat Mariah, yes, that was a nasty, nasty uh, KO in the second round. But... He lost to Yana, lost to Dillashaw. So he's lost three out of his last four fights, but it was on the rise before then. So should be a fun fight between these two. Um, Sonia Dong is another guy, too, that, 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 that he's young. He is up and coming like no one else. He's 24, 24 years old. Now, the, the height and range advantage goes to Corey Sanhagen. We know that he, he has knockout power. We know that he's got a ground game, which is unbelievable. But Sonia Dong, you know, what he did to Marlon Rice was was ridiculous. Uh, beat knocked out Julio Arce, beat Casey Kenny, which was no joke. Did lose to Kyle, Kyle Phillips, but he's been on a a nice win streak recently. Song Yadong, and he definitely is someone too. This is that's that's a great main event. Corey Sanhagen, Song Yadong, bantamweight division is alive and well in the UFC. So let's get rolling. That is tomorrow or September seventeenth, whatever it is. Uh, on uh, ESPN Plus. So, yeah. There's a lot of good fight news coming out. We'll get into more of it next week um, as as pay-per-views come around, get, come closer. UFC 280 is coming around. You got UFC 281 that's coming to town in November, which I'm looking forward, looking forward to that one. And uh, just, yeah, Tiago Santos went to the PFL, by the way. That is nuts. PFL is doing a great job of finding talent, whether they're Talent that was overhyped with Anthony Pettis. That's a different story. But a Tiago Santos leaving the UFC to go to PFL is big. You know, they they Shane Burgos was huge. Okay, huge signing for, for PFL. I always go back to the Bellator thing. You know, Bellator has always been trying to work these older names and and find like, oh, here, we'll type up this fight that at this point in time nobody cares about, but let's hype it up. PFL's bringing in some really good fighters that still have that tail end of the, end of the career, which is not done. Whereas Bellator was like, oh, these guys' career's over, but let's just put them for a show for one more time. We'll get them paid, and uh, people want to see you know one last hurrah for somebody. Tiago Santos is not done. Tiago Santos is nowhere close to done. Um, So I can't wait to see him in the PFL. And uh, Shane Burgos in the PFL, amongst, uh, among many others. You can follow me, as always, on uh, Twitter, at the Hoff WFAN. You can follow me anywhere, social media-wise, Tiki and Tierney, Monday through Friday, WFAN, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., and then the Rico Broner podcast with Evan on all your podcast platforms. I will have more next week, because what's next week? I don't know. Let's just keep on rolling. Let's keep on rolling. Even if there's no fight card next week, which there is, because now we're at the phase uh, where things, uh, you know, the summer was a little bit, you know, they they had some days off, some weeks off, but next week, actually next week, there is no card. I lied. October 1st, there is Mackenzie Dern versus Jan Jonan, but I will have something next week anyway, just because. Um, 
It was good to see Matt Frivola hit the field at City Field. Maybe we have Matt, Matt on next week. We'll talk about his experience at City Field, being a bunch of uh, Mets, some Cubs, some uh, some MMA fans, Steve Cohen, freaking Ralph Macchio, and more. Maybe we'll, get, maybe we'll get him on the show. Anyway, thank you for listening. Thank you for following. You've been listening to The Fight Fan with Pete Hoffman. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.